When you exercise your faith, your faith gets stronger. When you, when you put your faith to work, your faith gets stronger. So what the enemy does, he attacks you with foolishness for you to abort your faith, for you to give up on your faith. See, because it didn't happen on Monday, don't mean you give up. Because it didn't happen on Tuesday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Wednesday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Thursday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Friday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen in year one, doesn't mean you quit. Because it happened in year five, doesn't mean you quit. You keep working out until you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 27. I tell you, I'm truly honored to be a part of what God is doing here at St. Mary's Church, and not only at St. Mary's Church, but in this community through St. Mary's Church. Truly, I'm blessed. And one of the things that I, I learned to do early on as a minister is to not take yourself so serious. Do not take yourself so serious to the point that you think you know everything. Do not take yourself so seriously to the point to where that you think you're the only one God can use and he can't use anybody else. So one of the things that I love doing, especially, and I started many years ago uh, when, I, when I first went into ministry, was I love participation. Unfortunately, this morning I can't have the participation that I like. Because I normally have Sister Ann read, you know, doing Bible study. Sister Casey, who reads and likes to pronounce every word correctly and make sure that the commas are there and the periods are stopped, you know, and, and pastor reads. We take turns doing Bible study reading, but, but I can't have that today, so I'm going to have to do it. Amen. And I want to uh, also... Have you as a church to pray for my grandson? He'll be leaving, going back to Virginia on the 4th. I got to admit, it's, it's easier than it used to be. Amen. Amen. I might still cry now. I'm just being honest. But it's easier now than it used to be. And... When he used to leave and go back to different places, I couldn't be around. I had to go somewhere because it was, it's hurtful to see him leave. But, but that's my boy. That's, that's my boy. Right quickly, we're going to go into the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 1, verse 18 through 27. God gave Pastor the message that we should do this series and he started with faithful he started with suffering then he went from suffering we went into faithfulness and then we went from faithfulness to wisdom and today we will go into foolishness i promise you at the end it'll make sense it'll, it'll make sense 
For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, some translations would have to us that are saved. But in the original Greek, it's being saved. Being saved. It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign. Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks. Now, if you look there, he didn't leave nobody out. He didn't leave anybody out. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. I want to I go ahead and pray right quick, and then we're going to go into the word of God. But then we're going to go to James chapter number 1, verse 1 and 2. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, I thank you for the time that you have called and gathered us together here as one body of believers. My prayer today, O oh God, is that your anointing flow through the building, O oh God. Touch the life that need to be touched. Heal the body that need to be healed. God, I pray that you give strength to those that need of strength. My prayer today, O oh God, is that hide me behind the cross and use me. Use this vessel of clay. Speak through my lips, O oh God, that the people not only hear me, but they hear you, Jesus. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want you to look at James. Can you go to James chapter 1 right quick, which is our theme passage of scripture for the week. James chapter 1. And I promise you I'll get you out of here by 4 o'clock. Amen. 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 James chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. James, a born servant of God and of the Lord, Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, 
Count it all joy when you fall into various temptations, trials, or testings. Count it all joy when you fall hmm, into various different kinds of temptations. Interesting. He says, count it all joy. I'm hurting, but he said, it's, it should be joy to me. I'm in pain, but he said, it should be joy to me. It, it, it kind of doesn't make any, any sense right now. It's kind of, even as the, the, the topic of the message is, it's kind of foolish to think that. So you're telling me right now that what I'm going through, I should have joy in what I'm feeling? Joy in what I'm, you think that, that I should have joy in, in going through loss? But, but James, it, it, it's some, now, you got to understand the, the background here. So let, let, let me go ahead and paint this picture right quick. See, James, the book of James right now and all, is written to the believers. It's not written to those of the world, even if you look at the breakdown of it. James is written to the believers. He's written to the, to the church. And at this time right now and all, at this time right now, the book of James, as it was written right now and all, and there are some, a lot of distinctions and a lot of controversy among theologians and scholars about the author of James right now and all. But according to many, and a lot of them do agree, that James was the half-brother of Jesus. A lot of them agree. But see, there, there, when you begin to look at the book of James right now and all, and you break the book of James down, it's written really into three categories. Three categories. It, it, it's written into the, the testing of your faith, the characteristics of your faith, and the triumph of your faith. What had happened during this time and the reason why James' writing was so simplistic, because at this time, the Jews right now and all had become, who was up on the Roman rule, had started to become very political, very political. And they started to drift from the faith in Jesus that they had. And so James was writing to them to caution them right now and all that, 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 that you, you're drifting from the faith. You're moving from the faith. So, so now he begins to, to say some things right here. And all. For in verse number one, he says, James to a bond servant of God, to, to, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Scattered abroad. See, God didn't keep the Jews together. Because according to the promise that he gave Abraham, it will be you who bring salvation to the world. So they couldn't stay in one place. So he dispersed them around the world. It's amazing right now and all how, how that sometimes right now and all, like Pastor said earlier right now and all, I wish I was a child again but had the wisdom I got. See, that ain't no fun. That's cheating. See, 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 that ain't. But, but, but see, God raised him up, birthed him into the time, and at the time, he wanted him to be in. God knows how to put you in places and have you in places where he wants you for a specific time. So therefore, when he says here, count it all joy, it has nothing to do with what you're going through. 
When he says count it all joy, it has nothing to do with what you're facing. Because the thing that he wants you to understand right now, he says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You're going through certain things not to fail. But, but to prepare you for the next event in your life. Do you not realize if I take this hand right here and swing it, I do damage. I ain't going to hurt you. I just want you to hit you with my hand. But if I change the position of it and ball it up and I swing it, I'll knock you out. <laughs> it's still the same hand, but the position of it change that makes a difference. You can take two people, put them in the same situation, and one will come out on top, then the other one will make an excuse why it happened. So, 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 so it has nothing to do with what you go through, but it's what it does in you. He strengthens you through testing. He strengthens you through trial. Now, don't be, be, be because see, James was cautioning them right now and all, the Jews, because they had fallen into foolishness. Kind of just like it is in the world today. Amen. We as believers must stay focused and consistent and be constant. But, but some of us have been wavering. I ain't talking about none of you. Know, I'm talking about your cousin. But some of us in here have been wavering. We, we go back and forth. Right now. We, 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 we test our own self. See, because James says, count it all joy. So now, here's what I want you to understand, because, see, the big test of your faith right now, when it's attacked by foolishness right now, he's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your joy. That's why James was cautioning him, don't become impatient. Because, you see right now and all, I'm loving you until I got to discipline you. Mm-hmm. See, see, I learned as a pastor right now, and all, especially that first year. That first year was fake. I'm telling you right now, that first year was fake. It was not real. Because everybody loved you in that first year. Amen. You knew, you fresh. Your, uh, people show up. Everybody come in that first year. But after that second year, you know, when you start pastoring right now, you know, and you start straightening things and, and, and moving things and saying, no, you don't need to do this. You need to sit there. But I've been doing it for years. Well, that's okay right now. This year, you ain't, we don't need you to do it. See, see, then problems start. <laughs> the love drifts. You, you know, it goes out. The and then when you, you know, you start doing things. See, see sometimes people want to preach it, but they don't want to pastor Mm -hmm. so, so, sometimes people want to preach but they don't want a leader so, so, so what happens a lot of times right now, you know it's not a joyous thing so, so, so what happens James was cautioning them right now about what they were going through so number one he was telling them right now don't become impatient in the faith and your joy leave it's like right now and all When you have joy in things and don't have joy in God, and when the thing breaks, guess what goes? Your joy goes. 
See, I don't care anything, me personally, about too many things. But what I care about is making sure my relationship with Jesus Christ is intact. Because I'm going to tell you right now, people will walk away from you. Won't email you, won't fax you, won't, won't text you and tell you they finna go. They just walk right on out. Amen. I'm not saying they're not good people, but there's not good in everybody. And we made that mistake right now and all the think. Listen here, let me tell you something. If somebody shows you who they are, believe them. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, guess what? Affleck, it's a duck. You cannot put your faith and your trust and your joy in a person as you would in Jesus because people will let you down. People will break your heart. People will disappoint you. So now you cannot put that joy in them. But put it in Jesus. So when they go, your joy don't go. Amen. So, so, so there were five things that, that, that James was telling them about how to keep their joy. Number one, he said, don't be impatient. In the book of Hebrews, Paul says something, right? He said, cast not away therefore your confidence. For you have great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, then you shall receive the promise. We got it backwards, y'all. We want the promise before we go through anything that tests our patience. We don't want to go through anything as sufferings. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to be tried in what they call the fire. Oh, no, no, no. I had the pleasure yesterday of seeing my godson get married. And I don't know this thing about weddings not starting on time. This must be in the water. I don't know. But anyway, I had the pleasure. And so when I got there and all, I was purposely trying to get there five minutes before because it was hot. Amen. And I didn't want to be sitting around. Amen. But when I got there, um, his mom told me, said, you need to go in the back. Keith wants you. So I went in the back, and uh, he was sitting there on, on a stool doing like this. And, and, and so, so I came in, and he jumped up, and he grabbed me, and he hugged me. And he came in, he said, he said you were here. Oh, oh, you here? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I, what's wrong? He said, I'm so nervous. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so nervous. I said, that's good then. <laughs> Amen. That's real good. Man, you, you're almost there. You so, so he said, uh, he said, he said I'm, I'm nervous. He said, Daddy, I'm nervous. Oh, Daddy, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. So I said, well, I told the guy that bought me in the back, I said, hey, man, go get me the marriage book. He said, the what? I said, the marriage book, the manual, the marriage manual. Go get it. He said, he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, the marriage manual, can you get it for me? He said, he just looked at me like I was crazy. I said, you got it. There is no marriage manual. <laughs> Brother, it's trial and error. 
You, you, it's, no, it's no book on how to get married and what's going to happen in year one, year two, year three, year five. It, it, it's no manual for it. The only manual you got is a relationship with God. That's the only thing going to get you through it. So if you can get that, you, 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 that's the marriage. That, see, see, that's the joy of it. That's the joy of marriage is knowing that I love you, you love me, and we got married together. And the only thing we got is Jesus. That's the marriage. So, 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 so not being impatient. Don't be impatient. Don't be impatient. I thank God he delivered me that I'm, I'm a little calm right now. I had a high school coach by the name of Ralph Pierce. Y'all know him. And in my junior year, we were like father and son. Amen. But in my senior year, Ralph decided to change my position. Not without informing me. Didn't matter that he was the head coach, but it was he didn't inform me. You know, that that didn't go well. But he didn't do it for my betterment. He did it for the betterment of the team. And sometimes God will do things in your life not for your good, but for your future and the other people around you. Amen. Sometimes he does it. And later on, I benefited from that move a couple of years later. And I had to thank him and love him because he's my, he, he, he was like my father later on. Now, just like fathers and sons, we don't see eye to eye when you're in the house. Amen. But when you get out the house, that's when you, you know, so, so about a year or two later, I realized how much I loved him and how much he meant to me because he taught me not just on a field, but off a field. And I loved him for that. The next thing James is cautioning him about bitterness. Don't be bitter. We got some bitter folks in the church. Well, let me leave that alone. <laughs> Bitterness. Because, see, what the enemy attacks you with, your joy, he attacks you because he wants you to get in your mind, it's God that did it. So if I can attack you in your joy and you start blaming God right now and all, then you become impatient and then materialistic. That's the next thing, materialistic. He cautioned them about becoming materialistic. A lot of people right now, especially even after going through what we have gone through right now, their mind is still on things. 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 Disunity was the next thing that he cautioned them about. Being disunified. Coming apart. And if there's ever a time right now, and all, let's be honest, that we are seeing disunity, it's right now. It's right now. Creating this. And some of it, to be honest, some of it is even coming from the church. Disunity. And the last one he cautioned them about was spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy. Now, I guess some of y'all are sitting there thinking like he done lost his mind. Now, what is spiritual apathy? The looks and feelings and emotions gone with no interest. When church becomes of no interest, when being a mother becomes of no interest, when being a father becomes of no 
interest. Even when life becomes of no interest. The Jews had lost interest in their faith. And James was reminding them and cautioning them. So now, as I conclude, the church is now acting like the world. And the world is acting like the church. And James was upset to one degree. And he started talking to them about their spiritual responsibility to the faith. He says here in the book of Corinthians, the foolishness of this world, the foolishness of the world is through the preaching of the cross. To us that are being saved is the power of God. Now let me tell y'all something right now and all. To us that are being saved, that don't mean that December the 1st, 1962, you gave your hand to the Lord and that's it. No, it's a continual work. Because it's a process of trials and tribulations that constantly bring you up under attack. You are constantly being attacked. Here is something right now that you may not understand. What I go through, and you say, how can you go through that? That's nothing. That's my something. What you go through is what you go through. My pain and your pain, it might be the same thing, but it affects you differently than how it affects me. So don't look down your nose and tell me I shouldn't be crying because of what's going on with me. Oh, no, it's my pain. It's my pain. It's what I'm going through. So when James tells them, so in the book of Corinthians, Paul tells them, you are being saved. I want y'all to know right now, and all. I know y'all don't believe this or not, but I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I am a man just like you and a woman, not like me, but like my wife, <laughs> under construction. I'm being built for something. And every day right now and all, I got to put that yellow and black danger tape around me telling you don't get too close because I don't want nothing to fall off and hurt you. Because I got stuff on me and in me right now that can keep, well, let me just be, go to the Bible right now. Jesus comes off of the boat and come to a, 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 a place, a, 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 the coast of Caesarea of Philippi. And as he coming off, the Bible said there met him, one translation said, two men that were possessed by demons. One, but another translation said one man who was possessed by demons. And, and, and he started talking to Jesus. Now that was interesting to me because it was 12 people, but he only talked to one. Y'all see that? 12 people on the boat and 12 people got off. But the devil only talked to one. Is it possible that demon spirits know who's real and who's not? Know who's fake and who's, well, you know. Know who got their church face on and their church clothes. Or as my grandfather said, your son, they go to meeting clothes on. You know, and is it possible that the devil know who us are for real and who's not? But he says to Jesus, you come to torment me before the time? 
See, we have been taught and sometimes we're scared of demons and demonic spirits and what's going on in the world that's being influenced by the, but the devil is scared of us. He's scared of you. You don't have to be afraid. The enemy is afraid of you. He's afraid of you. So now, we're all under construction. I don't have it together. So, so, so when you, you come around me, so, so, so when you keep your hard hat on, because I don't want you to get hurt. Amen. You know, wear your gloves right now and all, because I don't want nothing to hurt you. You know, I think, you know make, sure, make sure you don't come inside the tape, because if you get too close, you might get hurt, because I'm, I'm being built for something. Amen. We're all under construction. So, so God takes the foolishness of preaching. To confine the wise. That's why church is so important. That's why Bible study is so important. Because the enemy knows if you get armed up with the word, no, he can't attack your mind the way he still used to. So, so that's why. So, so he takes the foolish things. The foolish things. Look, let me, let me tell you this right here. Because things happen doesn't mean it's the end. Because you go through things don't mean that's the end. No, it could be just the beginning. So, so now, when he talks about it, he talks about, James talks about an outward test. An outward test. When he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tests. See, it's an outward test. It's an outward test. It's an outward test. But this is not a test with sin. <laughs> it's not a test with sin, but it's a test with truth. It's a test for betterment. It's a test not designed to kill you, but to make you better, to make you stronger. It's kind of like lifting weights. See, if you put the weight and you hold it up here and you let it drop, it's going to hurt you. But as the weight is coming down and you push back up, you get stronger. You get strong. And the more you do it, the stronger you get. I don't know about you and all, but if some of you men in here, y'all might, might know him, but, that, but, but one of my favorite heroes is a man by the name of Ronnie Coleman. He was a bodybuilder. And he was, the, they said, one of the biggest. He was an eight-time Mr. Universe. He, 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 was body, he was a bodybuilder. But you know what I discovered in my studying of the human body? Ronnie didn't have more muscles than me. Now, wait a minute. Stop laughing. <laughs> Ronnie had the same muscles that I got. But just he developed his a lot more than I did. When you exercise your faith, your faith gets stronger. When you, when you put your faith to work, your faith gets stronger. So what the enemy does, he attacks you with foolishness for you to abort your faith. For you to give up on your faith. See, because it didn't happen on Monday, don't mean you give up. Because it didn't happen on Tuesday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Wednesday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Thursday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen on Friday, don't mean you quit. Because it didn't happen in year one, doesn't mean you quit. Because it happened in year five, doesn't mean you quit. You keep working out until you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. 
and stronger. One of the things that I learned about impatience is that it will knock you out of progress and trip you up with foolish things that will push you back from where you should be. And then, I don't know about you, but have y'all ever not taken directions? And you drove around, and when you came around the first time you seen that little boy there eating ice cream, and you drove around again, and by the time you got around the second time, the ice cream was gone, it was down to the cone. That could mean you lost. <laughs> sometimes you just have to take direction. We're not good at taking direction sometimes. Amen. So, so I had to learn patience. I learned one patient that I was good at making money, but horrible at spending money. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but my wife was better at keeping money. So I had to learn the patience of letting her do some things and teach me some things. Amen. I am by deliverance a shopaholic. <laughs> Amen. God has definitely delivered me. I had it so bad, church. I bought the same shoes three times. <laughs> I'm wearing one pair of them now, but <laughs> that's how bad I had it. But thank God, you know, teaching me patience and delivered me. And, and slowly but surely, but, but through the deliverance, he taught me something. And this is the last scripture in three minutes. I want you to look at James And I want you to look down at verse 13, well, 12 and 13, 14. And this is very important because this is a thing that you got to understand about foolishness. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Your faith will be tested by temptation, not to sin, but to make you better, to make you better. For when he has been approved or tried or tested, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no man or let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Some translations will have tempted with sin. God doesn't tempt you with sin. 
And I know I'm going to get in trouble with this right here and all right now, but I'm speaking to the men only right now and all. And, and, and if you're going through a struggle in your life and all, and especially in certain areas with, with lust and whatever right now, and you see that, well, I'm going to use the figures and don't hold it against me, that 36, 24, 36, babe, walk by, and you say, God, you testing me. No, that's not God. That's you. That's not God. That's you. God doesn't tempt you with evil. He doesn't tempt you with evil. You know, when I was growing up as, as a little boy right now, they used to give us, you know, as a toy right now, we used to have these remote control cars. But the remote control cars that we had back in the day, you know, I'm talking, well, little long time ago, long time ago, you know, a little while ago, not too far. It had a little, little cord on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and you had to walk with it. Even though the car went by itself, but you had the thrill of it was you had to walk alongside of it. You know, that, that was remote control. Then later on, it came to where the car could go by itself, but you had a control, but there was no wire in it. You see? Now we got drones that can go miles and miles without being anyone in them. They even got planes right now that can fly around the country by themselves. Modern technology. They even got a car right now that I saw just a few days ago and all that they're trying to get to drive around by itself. So, so you see, like Sister, Sister um, Pastor Kim said earlier, when pastor was praying, things are the same, but the systems has changed. The enemy is more sophisticated in how he operates now. So when James said, let no man say, I am tempted of God, for God cannot, you cannot be, he doesn't tempt any man with evil, neither does he tempt any man, for every man Every man, every woman, every man is drawn away by his own lust and entice. See, you got your own lust. I got mine, you got yours. And see, and it has nothing to do with the thing on the outside, but the two things coming together, which means that when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. You see, what happens is what's on the inside connects with what's on the outside. And that's what gives birth to sin. See, it was in you. Ain't nobody put it in you. It was in you already. There's no manual to teach you how to lie. No, it's in you. It's in you. There's no manual to teach you how to get drunk. No, it's in you. So when that connects with what's going on on us, then you look. Then you are drawn away. And when you are drawn away, that's when temptation takes over. See, as long as you're in the house, the enemy can't bother you. But when you get outside, that's when the devil gets you. And when I'm talking about outside, I'm talking about the hedge of protection of God. When you go outside that hedge, you are open prey for the enemy. When you go outside... So now, the last thing I'm going to say. So, so James says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away 
by his own lust. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth or produces sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. I used to always think that the death was, was, was natural and, and that you would die for committing sin. So I went around acting stupid. Amen. You know, y'all know how some people when they deep. Y'all ain't never met no spiritual people that was deep. Everything is about, you, you know what I'm saying, really, really deep. You know, you ever call somebody's house and they got about 30 scriptures on the, on the answering service? <laughs> you know that kind of deep. Yeah, I mean, serious. You know, good morning is, is nice, right? But some people, they're going to tell you just how good their morning is. Praise God, bless the Lord on my soul with all his benefits that is within me. I said, bless God, his holy name. For James said, do not, good morning. <laughs> good morning. That's the simple, that's the simple. We make our walk with God hard, but it's not hard. It's not hard. So he says, the result and the re characteristic of your faith is actions. Don't tell me you love me and do not show me. That's actions. And like somebody I heard say earlier right now and all, faith without works is dead. Show me your works, I'll show you my faith. Show me your faith, you will see my works. Faith without works is dead. As a leader in a church, growing church, I learned there are two kinds of members. Jesus got members and the pastor got members. Amen. I, I've, I've learned that. You cannot get caught up with that because some people come for people. Some people don't enjoy Jesus. They enjoy who they're around or whatever. But I've learned by your faith, you don't care who's there. You can receive from God. This past Wednesday night, in my closing, Sister Alice taught Bible study. And one of the things that she brought up during her lesson, she talked about the giants in our lives. Sometimes we don't realize what has grown from this to this. It started with a little attitude. Now every time somebody says something to you, you're crossing your eyes. My, like my son Byron say, making that ugly face. Mean mugging. Some of you all hadn't laughed this year. Some of you all hadn't smiled because you feel like there's nothing for me to smile about. But God gives you the victory. And James says, your faith will cause you to triumph. Triumph. You know the, the Greek and the Hebrew behind the texture 
there for when your faith triumphs is that when they went to war and the king went to war and when the king took an empire, one of the declarations to say that you got the victory was the king had to parade through the city with all the spoils of that country behind him. Giving the testimony that I've gotten the victory over you. That's why testimonies and praise is so important. That's why. Last thing. I see the red light on. I mean, shut up. Last thing. The Bible mentions foolish, foolishly 52 times. It mentions foolishness 20 times. God never makes any kind of mistake. And it's significant why he does the things he does. If I had time, I would explain that to you all. But since I've got time, I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> 20 in the Bible is a very significant number. Because 20 was the number of the end of a trial, the end of testing. Some of you are in your 20, and some of you finna come out of your 20, but it would meant the end of testing. 52 was the, is the number which compresses and comprises of two things, separation and grace. James is a very interesting name because James in the Greek means iconium, but in the Hebrew, the book of James' name means Jacob. God took Jacob and separated him from Jacob, the supplanter, to Israel, prince with God. And by his grace, he covered him. See, sometimes right now, when you're reading, it's very interesting. You take both of those numbers, 20 and 52 equals 72. 72 in the Bible is a product of 24, three times, which symbolizes the appearance in the face of God. See, sometimes when you're going through things, there's only one person you need, Jesus. You don't want to hear from your cousin, your auntie, well, some of us. You don't want to hear from, you want to hear from the Lord. 72 is the number. 40, you take all of those, 20, 52, and 72, add them together, and it comes to 144. 144 in the Bible always symbolizes redemption, which means God will bring you out. No matter what you're in, God will get you out. And if you go down on your knees right, or hold up your hands right, and just lift your hands in faith and give it to him, he'll bring your whole family out. I'm telling you, God is the ultimate deliverer. And when he brings you out, he brings you out with a testimony. You see what? See, I, I, I used to be scared to say what God blessed me with. I used to look ashamed of what God blessed me with. God blessed me with a couple of nice things, and I say, oh, this old thing. I'm not glorifying God. I'm not glorifying God. But when God blesses you, you ought to give him the glory and let it be known that he goes. The only other man in this church more popular than me and when we go out in public is Danny. 
It's good to love people and be well-known and liked and love people. You know why? Because there once was a time I hid in the closet. I didn't want to be around people. Two people at one time scared me to death. More. But God uses me. And, and, and I, knew, I knew I was crazy. I knew my grandfather was crazy. And I knew my grandmother then was crazy when they said the Lord was calling me to preach. Because there's no way in the world I'm standing up before nobody and talking about nothing. And the first time I did it, I, I trembled so bad. My hands wet up so bad. No, I wet up a Bible. Because I was so nervous. And even right now sometimes I still get nervous till I get knots in my stomach. Y'all don't know nothing about that. I mean, some of y'all. That's why certain emotions causes your body to go through things. Certain stresses in your body puts your body through things. So that's why. That's why. But when God brings you out, he brings you out with a testimony. He brings you out to triumph and throw it in the devil's face. You thought you had me, but you didn't get me. You thought you had me. Come on, Derek. You thought you had me, but you didn't get me. Church, I'm going to say this right here. I have learned something over these last few months about myself. To it is just so amazing. Sometimes we can get such a rush. And be in such a hurry and such cognizance of what we do. We sometimes forget about what God is doing. We, we really do. And have y'all ever opened mouth and insert foot? Y'all ever did it? Well, see, I'm not going to be able to eat or breathe after a while because I done done it so many times here over the last few months. It is a shame. I was leaving the immigration center in, in, in Upper West Georgia on Tuesday. And uh, there was a car parked in the road. And I said it. Y'all pray for me. I said, won't this fool get out the road? And, and my partner said, Wayne, Wayne, hold up, man. Don't, don't, go, don't go around him. I slammed away. He said, he's praying for him. He had a Bible out the hand and he was there praying for him. And I said, oh, Lord Jesus. I done opened up my mouth and put my foot in it again. The other time, it's coming back, raining real bad. I had been mad all day because we were late leaving. And when we got there, there was another delay because we got there late. I'm still mad now. I'm, mad, I'm, I'm madder than than Tommy Tucker was when his grandmama died. I'm hot. I mean, I'm upset. And on the way coming back, raining, sheets of rain. A car, a truck, hydroplane, went up in the air, landed over in the middle of a swamp. We stopped, backed up, which was very 
Oh my God, that was a miracle within itself. We backed up in the middle of the road. I jumped out, I ran down. And I heard somebody in there moaning. I reached down, stomped the mud from around the door and was able to run. It was three people in the vehicle. One guy was bleeding out of his ear. We pulled him out. They said, thank you, Jesus. All of that went on. I got back in the view, muddied up and very trembling because what seemed like a long time wasn't that long. The first thing I did was I text pastor and sent him pictures, showed him what, what had just happened. But then I got convicted. You were angry and mad about being late. But I had you there at the right time. I had you there at the right time. Here's the miracle. My godson's grandmother was the lady who I pulled out the car. And I found that out yesterday. She jumped up and screamed when she saw me and told all her brothers and sisters. And I had to tell them the truth. I was angry because I left late. But God had it all worked out. As Pastor can say, back a house. Now, why did I tell y'all that? I told y'all that to let y'all know this. Some of y'all are going through some hard and tremendous things and you don't know what's going on and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to work it out in your head and you're crying at night and you're upset and you're you, you, you just trying to figure this thing and, and, and your wife doesn't know what's going on with you and your husband doesn't know what's going on with you and, and, and you're just trying to figure it out and you're blaming things and your joy ain't what it used to be and all. God is at work in your life. God is at work. God is at work in your life. Let me pray right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the time of ministry and teaching us, oh God, how to walk by faith. And as James teaches us, the foolishness of the world is foolishness, some of the things that we're going through and the world is sending at us. And some of us are buying into it. But God, I pray that you help us to walk in faith. Walk in the true faith that helps us to control our actions and our response. God, you've made each one of us a miracle to be a miracle in somebody else's life. You made us to be a blessing to somebody. Some we know, some we don't know, but you've made us to be a blessing. Today, God, cover us in that prayer. And upon the veil of faith, O oh Lord, in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that we don't be moved by what the world is doing, but we are moved by what you're doing, God. I thank you now for the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You going to play? You know, if there is somebody who don't know the Lord, this Jesus that we're talking about, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The smile in the morning. The one who helps you get up out of bed. The one that wakes you up. That Jesus. 
the one that can fix and solve and somebody you can always talk to, that Jesus. You can't always call me. You can't always call pastor. You can't always call sister Kim. You can't always call your best friend, but you can always call Jesus. You can always call Jesus. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you all the way to the end of the world. I'm telling you, heaven is not moved by what goes on in the earth. Earth is moved by what goes on in heaven. You want to figure out how God is moving? Look at what the devil is doing in your life. That way you'll know how God is moving. If you are out of the ark of safety, you want prayer and special prayer and you want God to move into your life right now. I, I, I'm here to pray with you, pray for you, pray you through. Whatever I got to do, I'm here to do it. But if you don't know Jesus, that's the greatest miracle you will ever have. That's the greatest blessing you will ever have. So I'm going to let Derek go ahead and do his thing and I'll be out of your way. There's a grace when the heart is on the fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.